Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Spooky Movie Squad. This is episode 187. Jesus. And as we said before, I we had one of our good friends, friend of the show, uh, one of the first ones to, to like and email and everything like that, had <laughs> my buddy Guido choose the movies that we were going to review in November. So this is chapter three in guido's choice i didn't come up with the lyrics damn it <laughs> lied to myself i'll do that Just played yourself yeah i did so uh it, it's funny so we we start with class newcomb high so comedy horror uh then we go to low also comedy i i laughed uh, katie over here uh but i laughed at the song yeah comedy horror one act play about demons and now we go into uh, some nitty gritty kind of stuff here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we watched the Cronenberg film. So there's a handful of people out there. The second I said Cronenberg, they're like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> they just grimace because uh, Cronenberg is the the champ of body horror. Uh, J- uh, John Carpenter, he says Cronenberg's the only real artist in the horror genre. He says he, he does it better than any of us. And John Carpenter is damn good at body horror. Just uh, the movie The Thing. Just watch that anytime and watch how bodies turn into giant mouths and stalks and and heads or just spider legs going around. So uh, he's really good at that. And if he says someone's better than him, uh, it's for good reason. So Cronenberg, he's a Canadian. So this is actually a foreign film. Well, it's not American. So, Um, but Cronenberg, he's a Canadian horror science fiction e. Uh, director and uh, this was he did a movie before this which was the big one scanners with the the people melting and faces exploding Uh, but this one this one was the 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 big one for him and um, financially not the best but this one uh, came out as a cult classic this is one of the the movies that come up and when you talk about Cronenberg this is Honestly, a lot of people say this is the first Cronenbergian film. When you say like, oh, that's a Cronenberg, this is the one that starts with, with you know, orifices and, and, and hands forming into things, just weird stuff. And also, fun fact about this movie, it was one of those tax shelter films. So it's, you know, it's, it's what things, you know, movie companies like Netflix are doing. Movies are being made and then picked up by major cinema, like major movie production companies and then produced with their logos and shit. And, you know, I, I, for the first time, I, I haven't spent a lot of time in the movies that we've watched going through and looking at stuff, but this one was actually interesting enough that I like was going back and, and just looking up fun or just trying to find backstory and stuff and found some interesting like interviews and stuff that were talking about the uh the breathing tvs and stuff like that (laughs) some some fun practical effects 
magic that they did for some of those scenes. But yeah, it was a uh, Canadian film that, you know, they used to make to deduct 100% of the cost. And so they were, yeah, tax shelter films. Fun fact. I like that. <laughs> so um, if you don't know anything about Videodrome, uh, it is 1983 film. So it, it probably evaded a few people out a there. A lot of people. It probably evaded a lot of people. So uh, this one, it follows James Woods. Hey, look at him. He's so young and tiny. Uh, he's yeah. a CEO, CEO of a small television station. And they're all about this smut, really. Uh, they're looking for the edgiest, craziest shit they can put on their TV um, because that's how to get the, the that crazy demographic out there. And so they stumble across this broadcast signal, uh, which is right up his alley. It's violence and torture. And then the whole conspiracy comes from that. And there's mind control and, 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 and hallucinations and... and chest vaginas and a whole lot of things come from this and so uh it's all about him finding the station videodrome uh it's a crazy one um but Cronenberg he's really good uh he explores a lot of things in his movies and with this one uh, he explores the effect of technology on people violence in society and media <laughs> uh sexual repression <laughs> uh body horror sadomasochism uh we we meet um, one character, she's all about that. That's how she gets her rocks off. She has to hurt herself. And fun fact, that character, it's it's Debbie Harry. If you don't remember her, it's because her hair is red. It's usually blonde, and she's the main singer in the band Blondie. So uh, it was really cool when I saw her. I was like, wait, I've seen you before. And I was like, that's okay. Fucking Blondie. Um, she looks great. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, this movie's wild. So uh, Katie, what did you think about Videodrome? Not my cup of tea. <laughs> Emma. <laughs> um, yeah. That was really something. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. It was weird. It was uncomfortable. I don't, I, I literally, I don't know. That's, that's my take on that one. <laughs> Micah. I liked it. Uh, very psychological <laughs> horror-y, which is my, generally my thing. Uh, I know I wasn't on the episode, but it definitely reminded me of po Pinocchio's Revenge <laughs> a little bit. I mean, obviously it didn't have quite the same ending. Uh, that one was a little on the nose compared to this one, but um, I did like the way that this one ended with it showing him, you know, on, on the TV. Well, I, I mean, well I'm not going to ruin it before we go through the synopsis. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be bad. But uh, I, I thought the ending was good. I thought all of the random times that, you know, something would happen and then he'd wake up and he'd be like, Oh fuck. But then he'd still be in it. And then he'd wake up again and be like, wait, am I still in it? Like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and then it just got weird as he got more demented. There was there was no real, like, it seemed like it was kind of having a meaning as you're going throughout the movie. But then it would be like, nah, that's not what we were doing. Don't, don't, don't you know, rest your pretty little head. Don't, don't think too hard about this. <laughs> 
but yeah, no, I, I, I like this. It was a, a fun twisted tale that just kept twisting the farther you got it's into very it. Very odd. Otis. Yeah, I, I, I like this, and it, it made me sad that uh, this wasn't my first Cronenberg film, uh, Scanners. <laughs> oh man, that's a wild one. Uh, but and, and it's funny, uh, tons of different shows. Uh, there's a Rick and Morty episode, uh, Space Potion, Rick Potion number nine, uh, where uh, he gives, well, Morty takes a potion so that uh, Jessica will fall in love with him. And then the whole world turns into this like giant blob monster. And then they call it, that's the Cronenberg reality. They're like, no, nah, shit's stupid there. No, nah, it's all Cronenberg. <laughs> like, we got to leave. Dude, don't go back to that. Like, so it's. It, it's that kind of thing. It's it, it's a phrase in our world. Uh, this one, it's real twisty. I'm not the biggest fan of psychological, oh, is it a dream or is it a dream? I've seen some really good ones, but it's not really my, I don't know, it's not my jam, but I have to be in the right mood for it. Uh, there's some really good ones out there. Uh, one with Denzel Washington, I want to watch Fallen. It's a damn good psychological scary movie. Uh, seven is really fucking good so yes but this one it's you know it the, the music was very synthy and just like one kid on a keyboard pressing it and stuff it's a little dated and stuff and not necessarily scary the imagery was really cool michael yeah i i will say that oh shit i lost it um <laughs> I was talking about That's the music. Funny. Sorry, no, it was it was something you said right before the music part. Um, I think it was. I think you said something about like um, the psychological aspect of it, where it was like you think it was one thing, and then it turns out oh, yeah. it wasn't. But then it turns out it wasn't. It 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 wasn't the wasn't like yeah. it, it just kept doing that so it wasn't like one of those those Inception. oh now i remember it wasn't one of those ones where it was oh you know so you you made it through the whole movie and it turns out it was just a dream isn't that kind of just like a big fuck you to the audience kind of thing <laughs> it didn't turn out to be quite like that so that's what i liked about it yeah uh it, it it's cool um not one that i enjoyed it i enjoyed it for what it was uh i've seen a lot of quality and not quality scary movies so like i said i can like i don't know take off that first layer of poop off of it and just try to get something from it uh but i liked it i liked that i love the tones and what he was going for talking about like there are some freaky deaky people out there that need crazy violence and stuff and that's you know and they look at it and they see something crazy on tv and they're like oh okay and they just move on with their life and stuff so it you know this the the themes have not gone away in our world and stuff it's just gotten a little crazier so uh i really liked it so let's see what guido had to say uh okay <laughs> uh he said because cronenberg is a national treasure everyone <laughs> knows the fly and scanners but this one is left off of a lot of people's watch list I love the effects used in classic body horror movies. I saw this for the first time in middle school at a friend's house. Jesus. Uh, my mom always talks about watching horror movies with me, and we would cheer for the villains with my five-year-old ass. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. 
this is another one that he saw young. So he's like, yeah, I mean, it might not be that good. It, like I said, uh, yeah, when people talk Cronenberg, it's Scanners and The Fly. The Fly is a very gross movie. Really good. Got some gross scenes. The last 10 minutes of that movie is wild as hell. Um, but yeah, it's one of those ones. It's people kind of forget about it, but that's a good one. That's a good one. So, um, like always, we'll get through this story. Uh, it's like an hour and what, 15, 20 minutes long? An hour 30, hour 27. Yeah. So it, it moves and a lot of shit happens. Kind of, kind of not. Yeah. Okay. I will say it's very, it's very 80s in the sense that like it follows the same theme as like, I don't know. I, I, it's obviously definitely not in the same par or anything like that, but it felt very Blade Runner y like the original one where it's just very synth heavy and just like it kind of feels like it drags on at times and then shit gets really weird and then it drags on again it just like has these random spikes throughout the movie and then it goes back to being the 80s synth yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so it's like oh 80s noir yes yes i would yes it's it's like that they make it seem like it's kind of futury but not it's got that weird feel to it. I can't really place what years would be. I guess it would be the 80s in that world, but I don't know. But it's good stuff. So, uh, Max Wren. It's James Woods, y'all. Uh, he's the president of Civic TV. It's a, a UHF television station. Hey, just like... Uh, UHF? Yeah, Weird Al. You can watch that movie at some point. Just like that movie, you know, UHF. <laughs> I have not seen UHF in a very long time. It's fucking funny. Yeah, it is. It's very funny. So um, they're all about just sensational, like I said earlier, smut programming. Uh, they want the crazy shit. Um, so I learned that David Cronenberg, uh, there was actually a channel back when he was a kid uh, in Canada. They actually try to do stuff like that. And there's a channel that they were kind of spoofing off of where they showed like softcore porn at night to get people to like watch and stuff. So, like, oh. so they Cinemax? do that. Cinemax, <laughs> HBO and Showtime. Yeah, but those are, those, yes. those are all cable channels. This is like TV, like late night TV. It was like channel 40 something. Very, very Canadian. We wouldn't. Yeah. Understand. You know what I mean? Like that. Like, oh, okay. Oh, those are boobies. <laughs> uh, geisha boobies. So, um, they're all about the crazy programming in Harlan. He is the operator of the satellite that, you know, that broadcasts all this stuff. He actually shows Max something that he found called Videodrome. And it has this lady in this red room and she's getting just the shit tortured out of her. And so he was like, well, what is this? And he's like, I don't know. I found the signal. And he's like, oh, shit, this is the kind of stuff I'm looking for. And I, I like his justification for finding and trying to distribute crazy shit like this. He's like, hey, better, better on TV than on the streets, right? Yeah. Like, we do it here, then people won't go crazy and do it outside because they'll see it here. So that's very, <laughs> I like his justification, you know, for why he's all about showing stuff like this. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and apparently he's being broadcast from Malaysia. So he's like, oh, okay, it's some crazy other countries doing some wild shit so um he he thinks this is the future of television he's like this is what everybody's gonna want to watch and then we'll be the first ones to show it so 
Harlan, I want you to just start broadcasting this. If you can get a good signal, it keeps popping in and out. And it seems like the code or the the waves, they keep changing. So it's like, okay, so Harlan's like, I'll, I'll find it, you know, and we'll, we'll get it down. So uh, he meets Nikki Brand. Hey, it's Blondie. And she is a radio host. Uh, what is she, like a, a help, like a therapist, like a radio therapist? Yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, she's a Frasier. Yeah. <laughs> Except clearly unlicensed and like on some goop shit. Like, yeah, she kind of crazy. Yeah. Stick stick crystals up your vagina. You'll be all right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so Nikki, That's the vibe I was getting from her. <laughs> he yeah. said goop. So Nikki meets Max when they're on a show talking about the fucking the future of television. And and why does he think that him showing all this crazy stuff on his his you know channel all right about it? And and it's funny, anytime James Wood said something, oh, not every time, but a lot of the time, Katie just like, oh. <laughs> and because uh, he talks about uh, Nikki's outfit, what she wore, God. and it's like, it's like, well, that's distracting. Oh, you know? my and, God. And apparently Nikki was fine with those words because she came yeah. over later. <laughs> so the reason at the beginning of this episode I said this was not my cup of tea is there is a i'll say small a small section of films made in the 80s where i feel like the intention was not only to gross you out like with the imagery but also to gross you out with just the way everyone was to each other like all the characters interact with each other Hmm. um because throughout this film james wood's is the most sexist piece of shit I've ever seen. Um, So I just could not get into this movie at all. There was nothing about his character to me that was likable because at every turn, he was like pinching a secretary's ass or commenting on somebody's boobs or being a complete dick to the men around him. He was just just being a complete James Woods. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. Somebody get some Reese's Pieces and kidnap this bitch with some candy. Like, <laughs> could not. So this universe reminded me of the universe from Fight Club, uh, which is a, just a really different-ish take on the world. And in Fight Club, uh, just a little bit in there, uh, it's a world where there aren't that many dads being around. And so it's just the the males of that world just uh, repress their animalistic urges and that's why the fight club works like you know gangbusters because no one wants to fight and he's like well just punch me in the face and they're like that felt great it's like yeah so it's i just feel it's like this weird science fictiony just some odd world uh yeah it's odd it seems like everyone's repressed sexually or they have to do weird stuff and it's just i don't know it and it seemed like no one was really bothered with how he acted which i don't know it's there's more to that. There's well, probably some level, some metaphor or something of way he acts to people. I just don't, I haven't hit it yet. Probably. Well, I mean, it, there, there was a weird time in the eighties where this kind of, where this behavior was acceptable. It was like that line where we were trying to move away from it. Like in the seventies, all of that shit was completely acceptable and expected and in the 90s that shit just wouldn't fly 
And the eighties were like where we were trying to thin that out. I feel like, um, and people couldn't really decide if they liked it or not. So watching it now where it's a hundred percent, not acceptable at all, just was super uncomfortable. Agreed. Yeah. So uh, Max and Nikki, they actually hit it off pretty good after some light ear stabbing. And uh, they have a really good time and they watch an episode of Videodrome. What are you laughing about? (laughs) When this happened, I turned to Otis and I said, if we are fooling around and I ever ask you to pierce my ears, get the fuck out of there. That ain't me. I've been body snatched. <laughs> right. If I ever say grab your Swiss army knife and cut me a little. Yeah. I'm an imposter. <laughs> I'm an imposter. Run away. Call the cops. Like, yeah, yeah <laughs> shit just, ain't safe. Yeah. Just cut me a little bit. Yeah. 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 Let me grab that knife in the back room. Just yeah. window open. <laughs> I have for sure been body snatched. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that sentence she said. I'm never I'm gonna creep out. When I asked someone to pierce my ears mid coitus. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. But Blondie was all about that. She had a great time. Oh, man. So um, afterward, uh, she tells Max that she is going to, like, she wants to find Videodrome and she wants to audition. She's like, that's right up my fucking alley. Uh, and I actually learned that it's actually being broadcast out of Pittsburgh. So she's like, oh, my channel, they gave me some um, vacation time or I'm doing a story uh, for my channel. And so I'm going to find video drum. I'm a trap for it. And he's like, don't do it. Like, these motherfuckers are wild. Like, you haven't seen all the episodes I've seen. They are straight fucking people up in those episodes. And she's like, hey, look at me burn myself with a cigarette. And he's like, quit it. <laughs> Um, yeah, Nikki's, she's got some issues in her head. So Max, he talks to his friend, Masha, and she's a soft core pornographer, uh, which is very tasteful stuff. Uh, the things that she comes up with and she has one, it was, uh, uh, what was like a Greek, like a Greek party or something. Yeah. Or like Roman party or something like that. And I was like, look at that. That's some fancy soft core porn. Good job, Masha. She's like, what was it like the. The night of Dionysus or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's fancy as hell. Yeah. Um, but Max says Born that with a story, right? But Max is like, eh, this is you know, this is nice this and is and, and safe. You know, I want some crazy shit. You know, have you heard of Video Drone? And she, you know, he's like, I need you to find this for me. And if you find it, then we can work out something, and I'll give you like the the fees that you know when we find it and all that stuff. And she's like, okay, deal. I'll look for it. So a little bit later, Masha actually finds out that that shit's not fake on the, you know, on Videodrome. At first he thought he was like, okay, they're acting out pretty good, you know. Um, But actually it's part of a movement that Masha says, and it's my seven words, I'm going to say it now. She's like, you know, things that have, oh, what is, what's the word? Things that have a purpose? No, uh, it has a philosophy. So yeah, things yeah. that have a philosophy uh, th- that makes them really dangerous because they have something that they're aiming for. And, you know, Max is like, nah, it's all right. You know? uh, but Masha, she finds out that uh, media like preacher or I'm trying to remember what he is. He reminds me of all like the the God people on TV. But he didn't really evangel- say much. evangelical yeah. or whatever. He didn't really say much about God, but he he reminded me of them. Uh, Brian Oblivion. 
Oh, he's Irish. Televangelists. Yeah. House House Oblivion. It uh, wasn't the name he was born with. Of yeah. course. <laughs> so Max actually tracks down Mr. Oblivion to a homeless shelter where his daughter um brings in the homeless and then they eat and then she has TVs for all of them. And so they're watching TV, uh, which is a really odd thing. So um so she Bianca. Blanca? Bianca. Bianca. Bianca tells Max that her father's vision is a world where TV replaces every aspect in everyday life. <laughs> and because he says that if you watch something on TV, it becomes reality. And so reality is more than TV. So um, it, it's a weird sentence. But then I thought about how phones are really ridiculous these days and they do everything. And it's not far from it. But I mean, I'm not putting guns inside of my chest holes so i guess we're not to that point yet so uh (laughs) um and so max wants to talk to uh mr oblivion and bianca says watch this tape because he doesn't talk to anybody directly he has little tapes and so you'll you'll just talk like that so watching the tape uh oblivion tells him that Veodrome is this battleground and they're trying to control the minds of the people in North America to do evil things. And then he actually says that Videodrome was a part of him. And when they took it out, it was like a tumor, but it wasn't a tumor. It was something growing in his head. And then when they took it out, it was Videodrome. It, got really, it gets really weird at this point. It wasn't weird before, but now it's starting to get wild. And he says that uh, it, it, he gets choked out in mid-sentence. This person just comes into the room and is like, that's enough out of you. And it starts choking him the fuck out. And so he's trying to finish his sentence. And Max is like, "Like, who did it? Like, what, Give me anything else. And then the person that choked out Oblivion and killed him, it's Nikki. Oh, what the fuck? How is she in the TV? And James Woods is like, how are you in the TV? And she's like, give me a big old kiss, James Woods. And then the TV starts to blob and ooze. And like he touches the top of the TV and it starts to break out. And you can see skin, like like the pulsating skin. Oh, man. Uh, He makes out with the TV screen and then his face kind of goes into the TV screen. So uh, this isn't (laughs) the beginning of the wild shit. It's just it gets crazier from here. So Max goes back to the homeless shelter and he's talking to Bianca and Bianca tells him, well, she thought that he was like there to kill her or attack her. And she's like, oh, you're just a victim like everybody else. That sucks because um, Videodrome, it, it causes tumors, man. <laughs> when you watch it, he's like, you let me watch that shit. And it's like, yeah, I thought you were an asshole, but you, yeah, I'm sorry. So that's, I guess that's their end game. The bad guys with this signal they want North Americans, they probably want the world at some point, to watch their broadcasting, and then the signal will just give them brain tumors, and then they'll die, or they can start controlling them. So it just gets wild at that point. So um, they say that the hallucinations, they, they're like a higher form of reality. And when Oblivion learned that the other people involved were just using it for bad things. 
Uh, he tried to get, he tried to stop them. And then that's when they killed him. They killed him off. So um, he recorded tens of thousands of videos. And so the oblivion that we met and talked to on a TV screen, uh, he's been dead for almost a year. So he was kind of like a prophet. He just recorded these speeches. And so when it's like, oh, Katie wants to talk to Oblivion about, I don't know, Videodrome doing this specific thing. He's like, oh, sure, this tape. And it's like, okay. And then it's like, oh, that was really specific. And it was really fucking weird. Uh, anytime James Woods watches one of these tapes, midway through, people on the screen start talking directly to him. And then that's when the weird things start happening. Uh, <laughs> Uh, later that night, he's watching Videodrome Max, and he puts his little Walter PPK, hey, it's James Bond's gun. Uh, he yeah. puts it inside of his chest. He gets this vagina hole gash in his chest, and he puts his gun in there. And then he kind of wakes up or snaps out of it, and he's looking around for his gun. He's like, where the fuck did my gun go? And he's like, "What? okay, that was really odd. And... Uh, <laughs> Videodrome, Videodrome's producer, Barry Convex, he actually gets in touch with him and he wants to talk to him because all the people that have watched Videodrome at this point, they've kind of lost it or died, you know, you know, the tumors and stuff. Tumor. So he wants to record some of his hallucinations so they can figure out like how it operates because they haven't had a good control, a test subject in a while. So they use this like giant helmet that James Woods actually didn't want to put on in real life and not in the movie. In real life, James Woods didn't want to put this on because he was scared it was going to shock the fuck out of him. So actually Cronenberg is the body double for James Woods in that scene when it's on his head. He's like, I'll put it on James Woods. Look, I'm not a bed. Look at me. So he was really nervous that yeah. it was just going to fucking kill him because <laughs> that thing was probably not safe when they made it. They're like, yeah, look. It's all these lights and this weird noise in the back. They're like, I'm not putting that on. <laughs> so um, he, they record one of his hallucinations and it's a TV in a red room, just like in the Videodrome episodes. And he has this whip and Nikki's face pops up on the TV and he starts whipping the TV. <laughs> and it's Nikki's face at first, but then when it goes back to the screen, it's Masha's face and she's like in pain. Uh, James Woods wakes up in bed and he's like, oh, what a horrible nightmare. And he rolls over and there's a body in his bed. It's Masha's dead body. He's like, what the yeah. fuck is happening? And so he calls over uh, Harlan. Calls over Harlan because he wants him to take pictures of this because he's like, man, we might need this as evidence or something. Like, please, um, I need someone to come over and look at my bed. Just make sure I'm not going crazy. When Harlan gets there, there his bed's made up. And he's like, what you, you just wanted me to come over to take a picture of your bed, man? Like, what, what is this? And he's like, okay, in an hour, meet me at the TV station. We like, we need to just look at the signal because he's like, I'm, I'm losing it, man. He's like, okay, kind of going crazy. But so we find out at the studio that Harlan, he was actually working with Convex the whole time. So the, the and he's the bad guy and they actually want Max for their cause. Because Max seems to be pretty strong. His willpower is pretty nice. The tumors haven't grown fast enough. So they want him to, uh, they want they want Max so they can take over North America and give, give 
fatal brain tumors to anybody that wants to watch Videodrome. So all the deviants out there, the freaky deaky people, all the folks on Reddit, when they watch Videodrome, then they'll get the brain tumors and they'll go away. So they want to get all the gross people out of the world. And then the world would be better, which, I mean, yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> huh. so fucking weird. Uh, at this point, Convex, he inserts a tape into James Woods's gut hole, and then it, it turns him <laughs> evil. And so he goes back to his like, TV station and blows away just about everybody in charge, kills everybody. And then because they want to put Videodrome on one of his channels, what, channel 83, 38, something like that. Uh, they, want it, they want it on one of his channels. And so uh, later on, he goes to the homeless shelter to take out Bianca because that's the last person that they really need to get. And Bianca shows Max a tape of Nikki dying and him getting shot. Like, the TV shoots Max in his chest, but it kills the bad thing inside of him. Yeah, so many metaphors. Uh, so Bianca says that, like, you, you got the bad thing out of you, and she kind of changes him at this point. And so um, she tells Max, uh, death the Videodrome, long live the new flesh. And so at this point, he finds Harlan, and he makes it seem like that he killed Bianca. And Harlan's like, hey, you're doing pretty good for the cause. He's like, you want to kill some more people? And James Woods is like, yeah, man. Like, hit me up with a new tape. And so Harlan takes out this, like, meaty videotape. And he it's puts like it a in meaty chud. <laughs> yeah. He <laughs> puts it in James Woods' like, I don't know, VHS slide at this point. But then he can't get his hand out. And he's like, what the fuck? He takes his hand out. And his hand has turned into like a fucking world war ii grenade or world war one those old ass grenades like the fat top to it and you throw it oh yeah like a fucking bell it yeah was, it was weird yeah it was an old grenade uh i didn't get what it was at first it looked like um an ice pick like yeah. just shoved into a stump yeah i was like why is it a box his hand like bones don't yeah, look it was like very that odd shape uh and then he harlan blows up and then James Woods walks through the hole that just exploded and there's a nosy little kid outside. So he heads to this, uh, 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 what is it? A convention, a, a glasses convention that Convex is in charge of and a really fancy dance number happens. And Katie's like, what the fuck is this? What a weird change. <laughs> yup. It's like that scene in the Star Wars Christmas special. Yep. Oh yeah. It is exactly that. It's like, eyes are the windows to the soul do 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 and so convex comes out he's like hey i know who you guys are and this one voice is like i know you <laughs> and uh james woods hops on stage with his gun that is now fused to his hand and it has these like crazy tubes that are going into his wrist at this point uh very very gross looking uh and he shoots convex like 400 times just blows him away and Convex's body starts to split down the middle and just things are popping out of him. Only thing I can think of is the tumors that were in yeah. his body. Because I assume anybody that's involved with Videodrome at this point, they got it. Like you They're can't, like, like 90% tumor at that point. Yeah, you can't just like, hey, I'm going to use this as a bad thing. Ha, ha, ha. 
Like, no, you, you still got it. You know, it's like fucking around with radiation. It's like, you still got radiation in your body. So uh, James Woods, he's killed so many people in one day. So uh, he hops on a boat, a little busted ass boat. And Nikki, she pops up on a TV and she tells him that he's weak in Videodrome. But to really take out Videodrome, he has to go to the next level. And his body has done some changing but he has to leave the old flesh. And then the TV shows Max shooting himself in the head, but blowing himself away. And then the TV set explodes and then just guts fly out of the TV screen. So James Woods says, long live the new flesh and shoots himself in the head. Jesus. And then it just goes off. So uh, this one is crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. So (laughs) uh, Katie, who was your favorite character in Videodrome? Um, I don't remember her name, but I liked the assistant girl at the TV station. Oh, she was nice. Um, she was the only fucking person who wasn't just absolute garbage in this movie. Like, yeah. she wasn't looking for smut. She was just an assistant, and she wasn't trying to, like, she was trying to help him. As things were like starting to go awry and he was starting to go crazy, she was trying to help James Woods' character out. And mm-hmm. all he did was just like go more fucking crazy. Um, so yeah, I liked her. She wasn't psychotic. So yeah. I choose her. Um, Micah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Favorite character. Indeed. Notice. <laughs> Uh, the, the assistant was really cool, but I actually went with, uh, Masha. I actually liked her a lot. She was good ish. I mean, she was all about that crazy porn stuff, but she had the fancy, like artistic stuff. She wasn't all about like, yeah, let's watch somebody get the shit tortured out of them in a red ass room. So she was like, I don't know, better. James Woods, he was a mess in this, and I don't know how I really feel about him. Like, he did the right thing at the end, I guess. I don't know. It, it's so much to it. And like I said, there's probably levels to this, but I, I don't know them all yet. Uh, Emma? Uh, I have the same one as Katie. I wrote down Bridie because she just, she was normal. It wasn't awkward or like trying to push a penis dressed as a geisha or anything like that which was a lot so yeah katie who was your least favorite character um my least favorite was the video drum company (laughs) as a whole everyone involved um the ceo guy the guy that was working down in the like with the satellites, like Harlem, me, yeah. they all sucked. Yeah. Everybody sucked. Oh, Emma. I also wrote video dromers. <laughs> <laughs> Micah. Uh, more specifically, what what's the the guy's Convex. name? No, the 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 dude that's helping the one him that find the keeps signal. saying Patron. Yeah. What's his know. name? Wait, who? Which one? Nah. The Patron guy, the sidekick Harlan. 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 He keeps calling him Patron. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, sneaky 
conniving little asshole dude who like I don't know has all this personality until he finally reveals that he's working for Convex and then he's like actually I'm a corporate stooge I am a robot <laughs> open up open up wide baby because here it comes I am the tax shelter right <laughs> but he completely changed his character got really boring really fast and just turned into this robot all of a sudden and i don't know he he played his role and then all of a sudden all of a sudden sorry uh <laughs> he f- flips a switch and he's like okay well I'm a baddie. Hooray. <laughs> Got him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tape. Got him. Right. <laughs> and then, ow, my hand. Give it back. <laughs> oh, I lost my watch. Kapooey. <laughs> <laughs> my watch is in there. Otis. So, uh, probably the fucking tumor beam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, James Woods, when he found out, like, Oh yeah, when you watch that, you get brain to him. He's like, You let me watch that shit. And she's <laughs> like, Yeah, my bad. Uh and then uh Harlan, he was pooped too. Just like Micah said, early Harlan was cool. I was like, man, this he's got this like whiz kid on his team, like trying to find this like satellite signal and shit. And he's like, I'll find it, I'll find it, Chief. And then he's like, Yeah, I'm evil. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> but no, probably probably the tumor beam. That's my least favorite character. <laughs> that shit's wild man okay so let's do seven word synopsis i have two of them uh it has a philosophy and that's dangerous Goddamn right and then my other one is body horror mind games yup that's cronenberg (laughs) katie when james woods talks i picture hades (laughs) and I've been uncomfortable since this movie started. (laughs) (laughs) Truth. (laughs) And it wasn't even like the the weird body horror of it. Like, no, it was the whole thing. I genuinely kind of thought that a lot of the, I mean, it was the 80s. But if I had seen this in the 80s or was alive to experience this in the 80s, I'd probably think it was pretty great. But the practical effects of it were just kind of meh. I don't know, but uh, it was the overarching sexism and just general awfulness of people in this movie that was like, no, no, I'm I'm uncomfortable and you're gross. (laughs) Squeamish. Micah. I don't like it. Not tacky enough. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Influential television signal made me do it. And that penis was dressed like a geisha. And it was. That was the most. And then my two alliteratives, dangerous distortions drive dudes daily disillusionment. God damn. And serious serial psychos stage serious serial show. <laughs> okay uh i'm super minority kill count i can't think of any minorities that died i don't know that anyone died well i only no, the tv station knows, people and i don't know if what they were 
they were only on the screen for like 30 seconds so yeah so i don't think we've changed so the minority kill count is 189 and a tito turtle <laughs> micah uh, not micah Lito. <laughs> Your movies, too many white people in them. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even. I was already smiling when I said that. Okay. I couldn't even get through it with a straight face. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I find that racist. Okay. So this film came out February 4th, 1983. Fuck a duck. Uh, what do you guys think the budget for this film was? Katie. I said $312,000. Valerie Dizzles. Emma. $5 in dues. Micah. $700,000. Like where you, you and Katie's heads were at, but the budget was $5.9 million. God damn. Yes. Yay! I'll, I'll explain more of that. So what do, you think, what do you guys think the box office was, Katie? I should change it, but I'm not going to. $175,000. It's <laughs> <He's> so mean. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Uh, Emma? $5 dues. I don't think it broke its budget. Micah? Mm. <laughs> $2 dues. Micah, I understand where you're coming from, and it paid oh, off. The box office was two point one dollar oh. dues. Damn! You approached oh, it like you approached it like I did bad, and I I was like, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> you tricked me. So this film, unfortunately, was a box office bomb. It, it, it half half its the budget that it needed. Uh, everyone enjoyed the special makeup, the direction. James Woods did great, and. Uh, the aesthetic, just the themes, everything was great. It just didn't get enough people in the seats. But it's fine because it became a cult classic. So it's easily orbited the money that it needed, you know, 20, 30 years later. It's easily made its money now. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those films. It just made at the wrong time. Like if this came out later, it absolutely would have done better. If this was like shit, maybe mid-90s maybe 2000s if he could have waited that long would have done great oh man people would have been freaking out about what shit in it but yep. hey uh this film was one of those big ones for him so it came out when it needed to come out and hey he made like 15 other movies after this so shit this movie did not slow him down because so it was very like, early ready player one. Oh yeah so th- yeah it's one of those things it's like damn that didn't do that good Moving on. <laughs> it's like Kevin Smith. When he makes a movie, it's like, damn, that made $17. Here's my next movie idea. <laughs> and if somebody gives him $10 million, he's like, hey, hey. Uh, but I don't know. He's happy with it. So, I mean, as long as you're happy with what you make, it doesn't really matter what you get from it. So, uh, does anybody have anything else to say about Videodrome? No. No, it was weird. It's a trip. Oh my god yes uh probably the most cerebral the last one uh from what i've read is pretty wild too but i think this is going to be the most metaphorically thought-provoking make your stomach hurt 
confusing film out of the four that Guido picked. Uh, but not Cronenberg, man. We got to watch The Fly. We got to watch The Fly. That's a good one. Plus, it's got Gina Davis, and I love me some Gina Davis. And, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, from Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a fly. <laughs> <laughs> what if I did that laugh? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, as habitually. I don't know. I'll just slap it out of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, uh, if no one has anything else to say, and that's the end of the show. That's the, the cue for me to put in the outro music. I gotta keep moving. So, uh, if you have anything else to say about Cronenberg, you can tweet us at Allentown Pod. We have an email, it is Allentown Presents at gmail.com. Wait, how about Facebook at Allentown Presents? So, thank you to Studio Fetus for the artwork. Uh, flipping the combined effort for the music you're hearing right now. It's really good. I found the levels right. So, uh, Flip and the CE, just about everywhere. Uh, online, you can find them. So uh, we got one more episode in Guido's Choice, and it should be a good one. So uh, thank you so much for listening. We're back next week with another scary movie, and see you soon, guys. Bye. Toots. Death to Spooky Movie Squad. Long live the new flesh.